Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not so classic games of the 8 and 16 bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Splatterhouse 2 for the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive. Splatterhouse 2 was developed by Now Productions and published by Namco in North America in August of 1992, the 3rd, and in Japan, the August of 92, the 4th. Oh, wow. They got it a day after us. Wow. For a change. Right on the heels, though, man. And then sometime in 92 also for PAL Territories. Sure. Well, that's still pretty prompt for our overseas friends. Yeah, not bad at all. So, Now Productions was founded in Japan in 1986, and they began by making games for all the early Japanese systems. Okay. The various computers and and whatnots. Right on. And since then, they've been making games for every system released under the sun. Still sticking around, huh? Yeah. um, They did a lot more work for hire, uh, things you may know like Yonoid. Oh, okay. Or uh, Jackie Chan's Kung Fu Adventure for the NES. Uh, That's a... A good one. And all the way up through Bakugan Battle Brawlers for the Wii. <laughs> wow, all right. So, yeah, they, the whole range. Uh, and since about 2009, they've been mainly making iPhone games. Mm. And then Namco, the other part of this equation is, of course, Namco. Right. <laughs> they are Pac-Man. Yeah, yeah. And Ar- arcade juggernaut. Many, many other games. amazing arcade games as well. Now, this game, Splatterhouse 2, is, of course, the sequel to Splatterhouse 1. Yep. Which was in the arcades and on the TurboGrafx-16. Right, yeah. We, we were originally going to try to do that, but uh, we realized it wasn't on the Sega Genesis, so boo. Yeah, and nothing against you TurboGrafx-16 fans out there. I but but there are many more Genesis fans, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. And one or two of them pay our bills, so. <laughs> now, this franchise was, of course, famous for the ultra-violence and gore found in it. Yeah, definitely. And because of that, this game, when it went to the virtual console, it became the only Wii virtual console game to have an M rating. Oh, well, there's some uh, weird stuff in, in these games, typically. So Yeah, and then one other thing I thought was interesting is that in the Japanese versions of these games, the skull mask that uh, Jason, I mean, your main character <laughs> wears, is actually a kabuki-style mask. Yeah, I saw where it's been changed colors. It's like striped, yeah. red and black. It's pretty. It looks pretty creepy. It does indeed. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Splatterhouse 2? Well, it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up. It's a throwback, I feel like, to the old belt scrollers. Oh, yeah, it's it's along the lines more of like bad dudes where you're... Or it's kung a, fu. Yeah, it's just a flat one plane. You're not moving up and in and out of the out of the screen. Or even up and no, down no, no. on the screen. Nope, it's, uh, it's side to side for sure. But in this game, you do have the ability to jump. Yes, you do. You have a button dedicated solely to it. Oh yeah, uh, for me it was the middle button. That was the layout I selected. Um, I'm attack on either end. Oh, I gotcha. I, I think I had the jump on. My jump was C, and B was my attack button. Gotcha. And this is a very weird and awkward jump. Yeah, it's not very good, really. Uh, it's 
I mean, barely necessary. It's more just for aiming at some a few enemies in the air to do your weird jump kick. Correct. But there are a few jump hazards, and those are all very awful. Well, they are because your yours and almost all of the hitboxes in this game are do not resemble the graphics that overlay them. No, no not at all. In fact, uh, in fact, the the hitboxes to me in this game are very nebulous. I I never really could quite figure out where they where the line was. It's uh, it, it definitely makes jumping over you know the admittedly not very wide pits or spikes <laughs> like pretty it, it, pretty hairy. And you can't really jump that high or that far, so it's never impressive looking either. No, no. It's a goofy jump, man. Now, in addition to jumping, you do also have an attack. Yeah, you, uh, by default, attack with your punch, or if I think if you crouch, you get the kick. Yes. And then you get a jump kick as well. Oh, man, you ruined it. I was going <laughs> to lead up to that excitement. Yeah, so you have a punch, and it's a pretty standard punch. It's a little slow. It is. Um, it's There's a... And not just your attacks, but your movements in general have a kind of sluggishness to them that, yeah. you know, you, you have to be ready for a slow-paced battle. You really got to time the stuff out. <laughs> yeah, it definitely helps to know exactly when everyone and where they're coming from. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you'll find a few weapons as you play that will extend your hitbox so that, you know, you get a little more range and power out of them. But Well, that's one of the more exciting parts of the game, so we'll save that for the end of the segment. Sure, yeah. But you also have the jump, as we said, and when you combine them, you have the jump kick. Yes. And that is your best attack if you don't have a weapon. Oh, yeah. See, I, I didn't really... I, I steered away from it. I did not like it. I, I couldn't seem to hit things when I wanted to very well. Uh, you know, it all depends on the enemy, I'd say. Mm. I, really, you don't want to... You want to have a weapon as soon as possible in this game. Yes, if you can help it. Absolutely. Because you do have another attack, which is like a slide kick. Yeah, it's... um, it, It's a good... That's your strongest attack, I believe. Mm-hmm. But... It, it's very useful on another very small subset of enemies. Yeah, but you have to like jump and then as you land what you hit diagonal forward or whatever direction you want to go and attack now in this game when you defeat enemies they don't drop anything do they not generally no you get points and with enough points though you can get more lives yeah there's one i know there's one at twenty thousand mm-hmm. that i got repeatedly but beyond that i did get some extra ones but i think it's up in the 80 to a hundred thousand range okay I wasn't paying that much attention at all. I, I was trying to, but I missed it when I got, I don't know how, where it was. Gotcha. I just, I did realize that I had gotten free lives at some point. I think there's a chime that goes off. Yep. And your lives are just represented by little of the little uh, masks up in the top corner. Mm-hmm. And along with your health. Yeah. You have a life meter that starts off with four units. They're hearts, but they're not the cool heart symbol. It's a, you know, a realistic human heart. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. I, I do too. And you, it's it's not a lot of hearts. No, and it, it's a tease because it looks like there's room for a fifth. Yeah. Or other one. I, I kept thinking, maybe there's a power-up that'll give me some extra life, but there is not. No, no, not at all. And the only items you're going to find in the game are the weapons. Yeah, that's all you got to work with, really. And those are just, they are on the ground at certain points of every level. Yep. Um, you will find them, you know, you press up, I think, to grab them, typically. You or, press or down, yeah, up or down, um, and they will. You can pick them up and use them. They can be knocked out of your hand, but you can always pick them back up. But when you leave that segment of the level, they're gone. And because of that, you usually do not have a, a weapon for the boss fight. Right. It's yep. Unless you encounter the weapons in there. Right. You're going at it with your fists, man. 
but maybe not your fists. Maybe you're going to use the very first item you find. Is that the pipe? Yes. This is a beat-em-up staple from many years. So, uh-huh. um, And you use it, you take a big whack at the enemies, and you dish out some damage. You get a lot more range than your fists, so it's better in that way. And it does a really nice thing. Uh, you started seeing more of in the 16-bit era where you hit a guy and he flies into the background and splatters against the wall. Yeah, Splatterhouse was the first game I ever saw do that, the, the first Splatterhouse. I found it very impressive, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I like it here too. And then after that, Nick? Uh, well, taking a page out of old uh, Joe and Max book, you can attack the enemies with a big bone. Yeah, the big bone is kind of a letdown after the pipe. Yeah, um, it's you just smack them down really hard. Yeah, uh, it doesn't. It really seemed that much different to me. No. playing wise, I don't know if it's stronger or weaker, but I mean, it's still it's bigger and better than your fist, so you always take them, you know. Yeah, but it just wasn't nearly as cool. And of course, along the way, you can find a chainsaw. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that they give this to you so early. I would have thought this was going to be held back for later in the game. Yeah, I mean, you hold it out, you take kind of a weird slash. I believe it does more damage if you hold it in one place. I only really saw it once, and it wasn't really that useful. So Yeah, you only get it for a very short while. But yeah. it, it looks cool, although it does not look that menacing the way you, you wield it. Right, right. And you also see um, shears, which is a kind of weird weapon, but... Uh, effective nonetheless and yeah <clears throat> and this is not a weapon you swing at someone right they're you just throw them a la knives from double dragon or, and such where they seem pretty lame yeah i mean i used them once for the heck of it but. yeah and then there's the ore yeah the ore you know it allows you to knock monsters into the lake with one hit so that's pretty useful and then there's the shotgun yes the shotgun it's a shotgun i it's really more like a rifle I think uh, it says shotgun in the manual, so that's uh, why. It fires like a rifle. Yes. Uh, it shoots a big bullet out that will kill just about anything. Right? Yeah, you have seven hits with it. Yeah, seven, I think. Uh, you only see it once, so, you know, <laughs> you might think you're going to save the ammo or run out, but you won't. Just blast away. I really wish I could have taken that to the boss. Well, that's what you want, you know, with weapons generally in one of these games. But, right, yeah. But uh, this game doesn't really give you what you want. Uh, not in certain ways, Uh but it all does give you the potassium bomb, our final weapon. Yeah, and that is another strange one because, well, this level confused me when I played it a little bit as well. It's, it, it plays out differently than most other levels, and you really have to use this on, like, one boss. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a level-based weapon. I mean, they all are kind of, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's, a, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's a, like a Molotov cocktail, essentially. Yeah, I mean, it. you avoid more of these than you use for certain. Yes, so those are all the very exciting weapons you get throughout the game. I'm not sure if there's anything else to talk about here. There is a, some continues. Well, you get a password. A password. At, at the end of each level, so that makes it a little more palatable, as you'll hear. You'll see. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. I didn't use the password. I used the save state. Oh. Well, and if we're going to get into that, let's just roll right in to our next segment. Well, Nick, this is a gory and uh, horror-inspired game. Yes, it is. How ghastly and ghouly is the manual for this uh, Genesis classic? Well, we'll start with, first of all, the cover of the game manual is pretty sweet because it's uh, 
actually really wacky. Like it got like goofy. Yeah, I've seen the box art and it's the same thing. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like Monster Party or something. Not the gore fest or, you know, that Spider House brings to mind. Yeah, I think this cover exists so that people wouldn't be freaked out to stock it on their shelves. Yeah, it's for the parents. Come on. Yep. Now, inside the manual, you get 15 pages of black and whites. Um, oh, black get, and white? Yeah, screenshots. You got some, and there's like four pieces of art in it. There's four pictures of like you doing some stuff. Yeah, they're okay. Hmm. I'm really disappointed. <laughs> I was hoping for some really creepy artwork or maybe some like bloody page stained pages. <laughs> right, right. They, they didn't lean into it so much here. Um, it does give you the story where your name is Rick. Okay, I forgot. Yeah, you're Rick. And you are haunted by dreams of the mask from the first game that tells you that you can still save Jennifer, your, your girlfriend also from the first game. Yeah, in the first game, your girlfriend Jennifer somehow goes into a haunted house and you go in after her. She's kidnapped by demons or something and you find this evil magical mask. You put it on and that's what gives you the superpowers to fight the demons. Yes, but I always thought this was weird because the Jennifer is one of the bosses. She becomes a monster in the first game. Like, you leave, and she I don't think she gets out with you, you know? Oh. So I thought it was weird, that, but I mean, whatever. Who knows how it works in the haunted house? But these uh, the whole story is framed as excerpts from uh, Dr. Mueller's journal. Okay. That's kind of cool. In the JOPP, which is the Journal of Paranormal Psychology. All right. And that's kind of the framing device. Like, there's a weird, like, Dr. Mueller's weapons he found around the house. Or, you know, uh-huh. it's you know it's kind of goofy. It's kind of a neat way to do it. But, uh, you know, that's about all you get, really. All right. Well, you know, I like that better than nothing. There is a Dr. Mueller's Guide to Beasts. Oh, all five beasts? Well, only three of them. Uh, so you get three enemy names. You don't want to give them all away. Yeah, no, it's, you, the people have to figure it out for themselves. Right, it? right. But yeah, so that's what you get uh, from your Splatterhouse manual. Now, hopefully you'll tell us the names of these creatures when we encounter them. Oh, we will, They're and they're pretty cool. All right, now was there a place to write down those passwords? There was not, uh, unfortunately. Well, you know, that means a big disappointment for me. <laughs> so, Nick, what was your personal history with Splatterhouse 2? I do not have one, really. I, I think I might have played it maybe in the arcade when I was a kid, once or twice. But Did you ever play the original Splatterhouse? I, I played that uh, quite a few times, actually, because I, a local arcade had it. I guess it's a pretty rare machine, but uh, we played it a lot because it was just fun to, you know, gory, you know, Friday the 13th style stuff. Yeah, same here. I didn't play it a lot, but it was at the secondary or backup arcade to the main arcade I went to as a kid. Mm, right, right. It was at the uh, more rustic mall. Let's put it that way. Yes. And, <laughs> and uh, the Aladdin's Castle wouldn't have Splatterhouse. That's too fringy. <laughs> but the other arcade had, you know, some of the more intense games. And that was there. It was a huge draw when we went there because, you know, we didn't see it very often. But it was never really that satisfying. No, it's just one of those games where I felt like I was getting away with something by playing it. Like it's like rated R or something. Yeah, like Time Killers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then what about your more recent experience with this game um well i beat this game uh in one real long session with some save states I, that is my experience as well i thought about you know maybe trying to beat it normal or across a couple nights but i quickly realized that was not going to happen after playing this game for about 20 minutes yeah i'm i used for the most part i can't <clears throat> 
for the most part, I was able to keep the save states to like in between levels. But towards yeah. the end, I just was like, now nah, I'm hammering, I'm bringing the hammer down. Yeah, because, you know, once you get past the first three levels, you've done everything the game is going to ask you to do. Well, I mean, you only have two ways to interact with this game. So it's with your fists or your feet by jumping. So mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot to it. <laughs> yeah. And the patterns of the enemies, you know, don't change up too much. And therefore, I was just like, no, I'm, I'm just going to, like you said, kind of save state my way through to minimize the pain. But I did beat it, you know, the cheater's way as well. And I'm glad I did <laughs> just to get to see that wonderful ending. Sure. Yeah. All right, folks, here we are in the general chat portion of our show. And I would just like to start by saying that this game, while pretty bloody, is not nearly as gory or as graphic as I would have thought it was or remember the series being. It's like there are islands in this sea of boring zombies of, yeah. of some pretty interesting, like weird things that I think are cool. But there are some definitely some intensely weird and graphic boss fights. I feel like I remember... The first Splatterhouse having more of them, but it's been so long, I don't know if that's erroneous or not. Right. I definitely remember the arcade game having more blood in it than this home port. Sure, sure. Of the sequel does. I mean, the the graphics are okay, I guess. Uh, the backgrounds vary from interesting to most of the time they're just pretty workmanlike, I guess you yeah, could say. Yeah, yeah. And as I hinted at before, you know, you see the same enemies over and over and over and over again. It's true, man. It's uh, unfortunately one of the staples of the whole genre in a way. You know, like Foot Soldiers and uh, the original Ninja Turtles arcade. Yeah. You, you're going to see a lot of them. But these, at least they had different weapons and stuff. Yeah. And in, in here, you're, just, you're really just getting the exact same thing from the same enemy. You get a couple different colors of enemies that hop a little different, but that's about Sometimes it. a little more hopping. Right, right. Yeah. But, the, I mean, the real thing for me that that really holds this game back is just the slowness, the sluggish. Like, you feel like you're walking, wading through molasses. Like Yeah, you have to plan out every move, like, a second before you want to do it. Yeah. Or at least hit your button then. And, and, and it almost works in a way because you feel, actually kind of feel like the way that Jason is in Friday the 13th, like, right, movies. Yeah. Where you're, like, this plotting thing, but... Well, it's kind of like a Castlevania. You know, Simon Belmont has a slowness to him and an awkwardness to his jump. Yeah. But the world is built around Simon so that it works. Yeah. I mean, here it's just you're, you know, there's a certain precision to Castlevania, you know, like Mm -hmm. the response time. You're slow, but your responses are still, you know, very quick. Like, you know, you'll start jumping. Yeah. But here it's like there's that lag delay and then you don't know where you're at, where you're standing or what Mm -hmm. you're hitting. uh, The imprecision really makes it a kind of a kind of a pain in the butt. And then since you don't have to deal with going up and down or being on any other level, the sprites in this game are gigantic. I mean, yeah, yeah. you are zoomed way in on the people and the action of this game. Yeah, which makes your movement just seem slower as well. You know? Yeah, definitely. You, <laughs> you barely move around on the screen very much at all. But one of the things I thought they did really well was some of the awesome parallax scrolling. You know, some of the backgrounds, like I said, are pretty, you know, boring in a way. They're just like uh, a haunted library, whoop-de-doo. But some of them, you know, you get some pretty cool, like, background effects, like you mm-hmm. said, with the scrolling and stuff. That's that's pretty awesome. And the music is not great, but it's pretty cool. A lot of it's very atmospheric, and, like, the metal parts are pretty fun. Yeah, it's like most of it's 
okay but there are a few songs especially you know like we might have heard at the beginning of this section the song against the final boss is really good i was really uh taken aback yeah now the sound effects in this game also a lot of really good screams and really cool noises and laughs and whatnot but there are a few sound effects that you're going to hear over and over and over again like those screaming creatures oh yeah the screaming memes they just ruin it oh yeah that gets really annoying really fast and so fast and I wanted to say one one little thing I wanted to draw attention to is, did you ever mess around with you just press up and he like turns his back to the camera, so to speak? No. It doesn't do anything that I could tell, but it just looks like he's taking a whiz on the background. And I, I love it. I think it's hilarious. Oh, you know, I, I kind of remember that now. And I think that's what he is doing. Yeah, I, I don't know why they put that in there, but uh, good on them. And now it's time for the level by level portion of our show. And how many levels are there in this game? Well, uh, there are eight levels with sections in between. And I really thought the game was going to end a lot earlier than it did, as the way the story <laughs> progresses, at least. Right, right. It, it does kind of trick you there, which uh, I kind of like. And, you know, these levels are extremely boring and pretty one note. <laughs> so we're not going to go too deep into what happens in them. Yeah, there, there's not a whole lot there, really. So No, it's more about <laughs> the enemies and the atmosphere. And the spectacle, kind of. And points. the boss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the game begins with a very long uh, cutscene, if you let it. Yeah, the I think the story slash attract mode, you know, is uh-huh. hilarious. Because it's like constantly panning through these forests. Of like, are they corpses hanging? Or just ropes. I'm like, ooh, spooky ropes. I couldn't tell what it was. I just thought they looked like ropes in there, or I guess brown snakes, maybe. But uh, it was a pretty goofy thing that goes on far too long. And you're thrust right into the thick of it. You start in the courtyard outside this uh, mansion or house you're going towards. Yeah, you get these like kind of kind of mansion ruiny stuff going on. Uh, You'll see some kind of gross enemies. I kind of like these skinless looking zombies. Yeah, they just kind of look meaty and 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 muscly. It's very gross. I agree. These are the guys that you can smack into the back wall and they splatter into some uh, green goo. That's sadly green goo. Yeah, yeah, but still pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty well animated in the way they like, you know, the slime kind of trickles down. I I, kind of like it. Yeah. Now, that is another thing I wish we would have talked about in general chat. The animations in this game are very uneven. Yeah, they are because usually creature deaths are more way better animated than creatures in life you know yeah so much so uh, much like that screaming mimi <laughs> right right yeah you'll see the pipe along the way in here obviously to smack those guys back but really that's it until you get to the boss and you've lost the pipe when you enter the boss chamber and the boss is what well um there's a funny little scene actually when you go in because you're in a you can see this room that you're about to enter and it has a door to the left and right uh-huh. and there's some of those zombies in there that are like being chased in from you and they go through the next they, door they kind of mill around and don't know where to go and they go to the right and you see them get destroyed by something off screen and that something is a gross giant fleshy beast worm yeah thing. I saw it listed as obese worm and that okay seems pretty appropriate uh. It's a big fat thing that vomits green goo at you. Yes. And this is your first taste of how unfair the bosses can be. Well, this is a weird, like, you, you can you can move in and out where you punch him, move mm-hmm. back and jump. And, you know, I was able to do it fairly easily enough. It take, only takes six hits to kill him. But yes. I watch the guy playing. You can just stand there. Exactly. Unfortunately. I wish I knew that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, 
this shows you that the bosses are not going to be cake. They have weird patterns. They do different things that you've seen enemies do in the levels. But like uh, you said, this first boss you can just run straight up to, duck, and just beat up. Yeah, and you should. You defeat that boss, and you move on to the second level. Yeah, this is your elevator level. Yes, it's called elevator. Yeah. And And it uh, is the... uh, Exactly what you think. It's just an elevator level from a video game of this time. Yeah, we've seen them plenty of times where you're moving down. Uh, it's like I've, I think designers are like, yeah, we'll throw an elevator level in, you pad it out a little bit. You exactly. Know? But here you'll just be taking this old-fashioned kind of, what do you think, like 20s, 30s looking elevator? It's like a f- freight uh, elevator, yeah. Something like, uh, but you're going down and a bunch of those green screaming memes are uh, jumping in off from the sides and you just fight them from the left and right. Yeah, as long as you keep moving... You're usually okay in this area. And the other thing is that the screams are going to drive you crazy. Yeah, they definitely will. You'll hear a ton of them here and in many other places in this game. (laughs) It's that noise. And on its own, it's not too bad. But, you know, when you hear it like that, then it just becomes real annoying real fast. And you will because there are tons of them. Yeah, yeah. You just have to creep and, and, and let them land in front of you and then attack them. Pretty much, yeah. And if they walk up to you, some of them will stick these like spike things out. They're they're a weird little creature too. They look like they're just like a mouth with spike hands and legs, or I guess like they're the purple, or I guess they're purple here. But so you get through them, you make it to the basement. Yeah, this is a level where you know you have you can kind of see windows up at the top. There's mm-hmm. very lighting, I guess, from lightning or whatever. So parts of it light up. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and there'll be these like weird, like creepy faces that come across the background at times. Yes, I like that effect. Uh-huh. But they, they don't inter- interact with you. They don't play any part in you in your no, gameplay. No, no. I mean, here you'll you'll get the bone in this level. Yeah. And a bunch of memes you'll fight. More memes. There are spikes that come out of the floor here, so you can have fun with those. Yeah, it's your first real danger zone of jumping. Yeah, you just take it slow and... Get to the edge. Creep, yeah, inch up there and l- learn your placement. So then this boss is, uh, I saw listed as a wall face. Mm, that's an apt description. Which is a big blue and white uh, face, human-like, sticking out of the wall. This was not as gross as the other ones. And it does have those big, weird, bulging eyes that are kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. But creepy, not gross. Right, yes. And uh, you know, this thing, um, it summons some skulls out that attack you, and it barfs at you. Yeah, yeah, that same green barf that you saw earlier. You just have to uh, jump. I just stood in front of it and jumped, tried to jump the barf stuff while punching it in the eyes. That was my tactic as well. And after a few punches, when you kill it, you get the awesome explosion of said bulging eyes and the gross liquid oozing down its face. That was the gross out part of this boss, and it was quite a hilarious and uh, welcome addition. Yeah, it was a little unexpected. I liked it. As did I. <laughs> the, but once you have soaked up uh, the glory of the eyeball juice, you have to move on to the next level. And this is stage three. You're at the riverside. Mm-hmm. So you're walking along a river side, and yes. there's trees in the background. Yeah, uh, this is some nice parallax uh, scrolling through this area. Um, you get uh, a bunch more memes. There's uh, some leeches. There are puddles you can knock guys into. Yeah, that's kind of nice, because then you can get rid of them in one hit instead of two. The leeches are weird. They're just annoying. Yeah, they're not the toughest. You just have to learn where they appear and jump. Right. And then you'll quickly get to the boss of this level, who is the Blood Puppet. Yeah, now we're starting to get into some some creepier territory. Yeah, which is weird, because it looks like a big, skinless baby. Yeah, it does. And it's being hung. Like, <laughs> yeah. From there, there, you're in a 
like a shack, I guess, with four holes oh. in the ceiling. Yes. It's it's lower down from, but uh, before you see it, well, you'll see it retreat into the ceiling, and then there's a, this is where you'll find the chainsaw and a pair of shears laying on the floor. Indeed, and don't go for the shears. No, they will both uh, move up and attack you on their own at first until you punch them once. Which is confusing. And you can grab them, but at this point, then you're just trying to position yourself as one or more of these blood puppets keeps popping down out of the ceiling. And when you say the word blood puppet, it was really just a dead baby in my mind when I'm, when I'm yeah, playing yeah. this. It's but, uh, clearly just a dead baby. Yeah, Blood Puppet was just what I read online about yeah. the name. But it's, uh, yeah, so you're fighting these babies, and eventually you will get down to one. And uh, then when you kill it, there's like a weird flesh orb in the center of the screen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You beat that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, yes, you do. It explodes into blood and a pretty cool thing. Yep. And I want to give this uh, little room a special background Shout out because there are two bodies that are like they're they're upper torsos of a body that are shackled to the wall and they have like blood rivers coming out of them on the uh, floor. It's pretty metal. Yeah, this one boss really made up for the <laughs> lack of intense hardcore gross out uh, you know, whatever you're looking for in this game that's yeah. missing from the rest of it. I know. It's just it's all about killing the babies. Yeah, well, you can't. This baby's <laughs> clearly already dead. It is skinless and bloody. And four feet tall, but I don't know yes. what this weird creature is. Anyhow, you get out of there, and you're on to stage four, the lake bridge. Mm, and this is a, a different taste of a level, and it's a bitter taste. Yeah, this is a misty level. Uh, you get some foreground mist, and you're you know moving along this bridge, but there's this weird Cthulhu creature yeah. chasing you across, eating the bridge, so you got to keep moving. Yeah. I mean, you always have to keep moving in these games, or in these levels, but this one, you don't have a choice of stopping. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple memes, I think, along the way, but this is a pretty, this is very much literally straightforward. You just walk to the right and fight guys and hope that you don't run out of bridge. Yeah, luckily you don't have too much walking to do. This is a short area. It is, and uh, you'll get to a forest right after that, uh, where you will see, this is where you fight those weird uh, ghost wisps. Oh, yeah, these things are really uh, weird and annoying. Yeah, they'll uh, they'll come down and, like, animate. The, these are a named enemy to the ghouls. Oh, okay. That uh, they rise up. for that name. Well, and they, they're the, they have no hands. Right. That's a gross little detail that I kind of like. But they're, they're not very tough anyways. But what makes them tough is that you can get these weird facial spirit ghouls that will fly around you and reverse your controls. Yeah, that's the worst part is that. And that's what happened to me the most would be I'd get that weird little spinny uh, spirit around me. And then I'm just all gobbledygook backwards. It's only really tricky because there are some pits here. So you have to make sure you wear that out before you jump. Because if it yeah. reverses right after that, you're going to be cussing. At least I was. <laughs> I did not have that uh, misfortune. <laughs> Thank goodness. But after a little bit of that, you will find yourself at the boss uh, outside a little, I don't know, mausoleum door or something. Yeah. Which is a weird uh, fleshy zombie creature. It's like faceless with a you know with a vertical like mouth and a tongue hanging out. It's pretty creepy. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is so creepy, but I love it. it I think it's my favorite boss. It's pretty simple. It just jumps at you, I mm-hmm. think, and runs. But uh, it just looks so creepy and awesome. That's why. Yeah. When you finally beat it too, it awesomely splatters open, and this creepy four-legged thing with eyeballs and teeth on the bottom like comes out. Yeah. It like splits apart and gives birth to a weird spider creature. It's super gross, and it reminds me of like something from the thing. Oh yeah, definitely. That 
it, this boss was a hundred percent inspired by the thing. John Carpenter's the it, thing. Yeah, yeah, and and it reminds me of those weird ceiling leaper creatures in the TMNT. Oh yeah, you know those like yeah. legs leg sets with the spikes jumping around. The, those things are also creepy, and I, I never want to see a realistic drawing of them. The second form of this is a little, pretty tough actually because it's just fast. Like, yeah, and you are not. So. And it goes all over the place. But you persevere and defeat this foe. Or you will... save state and then persevere like I did. Yeah, this is where I kind of started where I was like, I'm tired of going through these same levels yeah. so many times. <laughs> so you defeat this disgusting creature and you're on to stage five. You're finally in the house. Yes, the fabled house that you we were talking about in the very beginning of the game. So right. your first level in the house is you're walking through, I guess, a big ballroom. or I don't know. There's windows. You can see lightning outside. Again, this is another cool effect. Our old friends, the purple memes. God, yeah, I know. Are here, but this is also where you'll see the barfing taxidermied ram's heads on the wall. Yeah, I love them. They're great. They're like a, they remind me of the George Harrison video for, <laughs> yeah, I got my mind stuck on you, except evil. But here you'll find the shotgun, which yeah. is cool, I guess, but there aren't any like tough or weird enemies to use it on. So, meh. No. Isn't it memes that you mainly use it on? Yeah, it's all you use it on. Yeah. yeah. So, meh, it kind of sucks. But you go through here, and then you're into the library, where you have some uh, foreground and background bookshelves. Now, this library is very strange, because the foreground bookshelves, this is a bad case of parallax scrolling, where it, it <laughs> blocks your view. Yeah, I, I feel like that's just their trick to kind of hide those uh, the enemies in this, which are just disembodied hands crawling mm -hmm. along the ground that jump out at you. Yeah. But they always come at the exact same time in the same places, so you can just beat them on your way through. Yeah. This is not a hard area. No, this is one of the easier ones, and it will take you into the lab. Now, the lab looks cool. Yeah, we have, like, these creatures and, like, back-to-tanks in the background. Yeah, I thought, now we're getting to something. And you know they're going to leap. One of these cool-looking creatures is going to leap out at you. Definitely. And eventually it does. Yes. And it's just another color of Mimi. I know. I was so disappointed. I was like, what? Oh. And these guys jump around a lot. These are, like, pink. Yeah, but, you know, I'm just so upset that it wasn't some sort of some sort of cool new creature or even a recolor of that very first, like, meat creature yeah, zombie yeah, that we haven't something. seen again. Yeah. Why does it all have to be Mimi's? You have a couple other sprites, right? Yeah, and they were the worst. Color swap these. Uh, but these guys, I was just, I just ran past them, actually. You can kind of trick them to jump off the screen, and I just did that. I didn't even fight them. Smart. Yeah, it is. And you know what else is smart is the sewer, the next level. It is? Yeah, well, I don't know. This sewer sucks because there are lots of water pits. And yeah, those... I was going to say, I, it's very unfair, I felt. Well, and there's those like gray blob creatures that, um, you know, yes. they turn into a puddle and then kind of enlarge at you randomly. Uh, and they, they look really dumb. Yeah, and they're very hard to jump over if they're not. Yes. Uh, you, you have to time it just after they turn into a blob because they are, frequently would reform underneath me and hit my right foot and hurt me a lot. <laughs> yes, it does take some uh, very uh, interesting timing to get around them. But if you do, you make it through the lab to part two of the lab. Yeah, where here you see some, like, beakers on shelves, and this is more med scientist-y, I guess. And Still cool looking, though. Yeah, yeah, there's more of those blob creatures, but they're complicated by the mad bomber guy throwing the potassium bombs at you, and, you know, these some of them have a huge area of effect. Yeah, and you never know where that's going to be. <laughs> so you always just stop and wait far away, and sometimes you can pick one up, and then you, you save it. Yeah, when you make it all the way to the right, to the end of the level, and then you can just peg him with a taste of his own medicine. Yeah, so he's the boss, but you also have to use the weapon on him. It's the one you know variation in the <laughs> monotony of the layout of this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 
You, I wouldn't can... have mind seeing that happen with a couple more levels. Yeah, because like, why you can be... use it if you if you pick it up and throw it. There will be more of them on the way. Right, right. So you, they clearly want you to have this weapon at the boss. Like, why Correct. can't why can't you have that with the bone or you know give them something? You know, right? I don't know. Now you defeat the mad scientist, and then you can move on to the crypt. I'm assuming or catacomb. I don't know. This... Yeah, you're you're under the house now. Yeah, there's some cool like bones and structures in the background. Yep. But this is just a little scene, really, because you walk to the right, and then this is where you, there's that like portal on the yeah. ground, and then you get down. The mask says some weird, uh, weird spell, stuff to you. spell stuff, and then it opens this gate, and this big ball of arms and stuff flies out. Yes. Then Jennifer comes out, and then a bunch of hands reach out of the portal and pull her back, screaming. And this is when the boss comes out, the Hellworm. Oh yes, the Hellworm. Which you know, it comes out and crawls around. Goes back in the hole and then shoots a bunch of hands at you. Which are weird. Yeah. Um. With the hands, I found if you just stay on the left and just kind of punch, generally you'll hit them before they hit you. Okay. And then it starts shooting heads out of the hole that are a little trickier. Yes. But in general, I was able to get away with only a few hits. And that's when the worm itself comes out. And I think you only have to hit it once. Okay. And, and I think dead. you're right. Yeah. It's just kind of like a gauntlet level, like... Not gauntlet the game, but you're just enduring this trial of hands and heads. Mm-hmm. And it's not as creepy as you'd hope it would be. No, this is a kind of a lame boss, I think. Indeed. And once you've defeated it, the portal is there. And of course, what do you do, Nick? You turn around and go home. No, no. you jump yeah. in. Yep. Yeah, so you leap in to save her. And then you are on to the next level in the underworld. Yeah, you're going into the void and they're like purple... It looks wavy. Yeah, it's just like a lame effect. It's a, it's even lazier than a normal elevator. Mm-hmm. But here you'll just fight ghost heads. Yeah, that fly in from the left and right repeatedly. Repeatedly, yes, that is uh, too many of them. But once you get to the bottom, then the screen goes black, and you will find the unholy crystal that is holding Jennifer inside of it. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, it's it's a weird boss. It shoots like orbs out at you and mm-hmm. you want to dodge them punch it every now and different then. colored orbs right yeah and there's like the lightning that come out of the floor mm-hmm. it has like four or five columns of it you just have to position yourself in between them it's not that tough no once you've defeated the orb or once you've defeated the crystal it, it shatters yeah and jennifer comes out and then it's like the escape where i thought this was like the end of the game yeah, it seems like it because you know the the background's really cool. You have all these like ghost faces coming in, various yeah. parallax stuff, and this big, you know, you can only see, say, the top half of a thing's body. It's like a humanoid form. It looks like it's made of static, kind of, like walking towards you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it shoots orbs and stuff, and uh, you just have to run from it. Yeah. it's. I tried fighting it a couple times before I got the hint, but it's, it's just one of those keep running to the right and dodging these orbs until you make it out. Yeah, and the game is not over. That was not your escape, uh, the planet Metroid. <laughs> that, that's a weird boss that I thought was pretty sweet. But... It's Zebes, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Zebes. <laughs> don't, don't send any mail in. But this will bring you to stage eight, the final level, where you're riding another elevator up out of the house. It's a shame that that's your only way out. Well, you really a... should take the stairs in well, an emergency <laughs> like this. You'll be fighting ghouls mm-hmm. coming from left and right while dodging debris that falls from the ceiling. Yes. Uh, very randomly, it seems, as well. Well, there is a pattern that I read online, and I used myself, where you'll see a piece fall in the direct center, right? Uh-huh. So move out of the way and stand there, and then eventually, in a second or two, another one will fall to the center. And those are the only two that ever fall in that pattern in the center. So after the second piece falls in the very center, it's a safe spot. Okay, cool. 
That would be helpful. You can milk that, yeah. Uh, You make it to the top of the elevator, and then you're a free man. Well, you are once you get over this lake. Oh, that's right. There's a lake to deal with. It's the very same lake you had to deal with before, but this time you are not walking across a bridge because it's gone. Yeah, so now you've got to hop in the speedboat that's luckily juiced up and ready to go. Yes. With uh, Jennifer on the front, and you start cruising, and that Cthulhu creature, the bridge eater from earlier, is back. Which, again, is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think this is a neat idea for a level, like with the, the narrative and the Cthulhu spiky thing looks awesome. It does. I really like the narrative as well that, you know, the bridge is gone. You're going back across the same lake and you fight the same monster now. But well, now you're fighting it instead of running from it. Yeah, and the only way, you can't punch it or anything. You shoot spikes at you that you have to intercept with your fist. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a pain in the butt. And then you have to throw them back to hit it in the eye. Yes. But it's not at the same level as your hands, so you have to jump and... It's this weird in between, like aiming these stupid spikes. Like, you better believe I saved stages. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this was like, this was a horribly blatant, like, I got a hit, save state. Like, got a hit, save the, state. The, yeah, the, the rhythm, like, I don't know how long you have to wait. Like, you are not equipped with the right jump or a fast enough throw <laughs> to aim this stuff properly. No, it's, it's not really, at all. It's pretty tough. But uh, you can do it, cheating or not. You will defeat this cool lake creature and move on to the next level. Well, this is, yeah, you're in a, it's like daytime forest now. Yeah. You know, you're kind of walking in the background and then that big flesh blob of faces that came out of the portal comes shooting by. Yes. And now you're in for the real deal, final boss, which is this uh, disgusting thing that uh, shoots faces at you. It shoots human faces. Yes. Sometimes like wolf faces. Yes. It's pretty gross. It has like three different patterns where it comes in from the... From the top. From the very top and then the top left and right corners shooting different patterns. Um, it's not too hard. It took me a little while, but I eventually started getting like, I got the patterns down and got the dance with this mm-hmm. part. I still save stated a bunch because I was not dealing with it anymore. Well, I definitely did after I beat it because then it separates. The body parts all fly off and there's this weird bat skull in the middle that flies around. Yes. And you have a short window of opportunity where if you don't hit, keep hitting it, it will the, come back together. The, the body will reassemble, and you got to start all over. And I wasn't going to have that. No, and because you can destroy the weird creature at its core after the first separation. Yeah, if you're good enough or you cheat hard enough. That's exactly how I did it. But uh, And I did. So you vaporize this thing with your fists. Yes. Old school style. And it's a, a fairly impressive display of uh, destruction at the end. Yeah, you see, you know, the house sinks into the lake, and... Uh, the sun comes back out. The mask laughs a bit. Uh, well, and then you get like a sunset, and the, that's when the credits start, right? And it's got like, unfortunately, still pseudonym credits. Yeah. Now you 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 breezed over my favorite part here, Nick. It is a beautiful sunset, and not only is it sunset, it's a nice pan across oh. the the hero embracing oh, yeah. his woman. That's right. It almost about to kiss, or you know, just. Enjoying the final embrace after so many years apart in different realms. <laughs> it is a very tender and beautiful moment in front of that sunset. That's right. Uh, but then it has a bunch of really goofy, weird names that scroll against it. Yeah. And eventually sun goes down and then you get like a final little... Wait, jump. did you read the names of those people that were in it? Uh, no, I didn't. Because some of them were really strange, such as uh, the uh, director, 100 Taro. <laughs> okay. And the producer, Papaya Paya Papaya. No, actually, I do remember Papaya Papaya. Papaya Papaya. What is it? Papaya? 
No, I remember seeing it and laughing about it. <laughs> but that's when you get your final sundown. Mm-hmm. But the jump scare at the end when the mask comes out and <laughs> laughs at you. Yeah. But you've seen that mask do that before in between stages. Yeah, it's you, it's old news now. But, you know, that means this isn't the last time we've seen it. That's right. I think in part of the one of the epilogues, you know, it's like, no, as long as the mask is out there, this could happen again. Indeed. And I think it did. <laughs> there was a Splatterhouse 3. All right, it is now time for the review portion of our show. And, of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review system that has four categories, each category with a possible score from 0 to 5, starting with graphics and sound. I gave this game a 2.5. Okay, um, I give it a 3.0, but I feel like it's kind of in there. I know. could go up to 3.0 now that I hear some of the sound and music separated. Right, right. From the experience. But overall, it was just not very impressive. I really wanted more of everything. I wanted more gore. I wanted more enemies. I wanted more animations. I wanted more time with the weapons. Well, it's so, you know, graphically, it's all over the place because some of it's really simple and repetitive. But then you get these little, you know, flourishes that are are really cool. Yeah, really beautiful touches of splatter or gore or, you know, destruction. Agreed. I mean, it's the same way with the backgrounds and the music. Like, there's about a third of each is is um, above average, I would say. Pretty awesome, you know? But yeah. the rest of it's just, I mean, it's not bad. It's just kind of boring. Next up is Play Control, and I gave this a 2.0, and that might be a little generous. I went for 1.5, man. I, I really feel like I should drop it down, but I'm going to stick with my 2.0. I said that, well, I said, Bleh, it's so floaty. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, you have a very limited moveset, so I feel like it's not hard. It's not asking too much for no, but a, you're a decent jump or, or you know for your attacks to to be able to tell where you're to aim them right. You yes, know? you're so big, you're so floaty, you're so slow, and the hitboxes are so undefined. It's it's ridiculous. They're truly the scariest thing about this game. Now we have challenge factor, Nick. And what did you rate this game? I gave it a 3.5. And I gave it a 4.0. I was on the fence there. I said it was hard and not very fun. Well, it does get pretty tough at the end. Um, the only real defense is that you get a password after every level, so... Yeah, I wrote passwords help, but not much. You know, it's like... Th- this game is, what, 30 minutes long? I guess. So if you really focus, like, you know, if, if you owned this game as a kid, it's like, you, you could beat it if you, you know, really took it upon yourself. Yeah, it's just not really fun to do so. <laughs> yeah. Finally, we have theme and fun, and I still gave it a 2.5. I did too. I mean, it wasn't great, but I was at least interested in the new settings and always looking forward to seeing what the boss was going to be. Yeah, and it's, you know, there's just barely enough of like the gory spectacle to, to keep me interested. Mm-hmm. And to, to its credit, the game actually tells a pretty cohesive story where you're this guy moving through these yeah. different environments in a logical, consistent manner. Yeah, I like that part of it a lot. And like we said, you know, the fact that you're on a bridge that gets destroyed, you take a boat across, and in running from the enemy, you're now fighting the enemy. Like, there's some cool concepts in the theming of this game, but there is yeah. just not enough meat on the bone. Yeah, I mean, more enemy. Really, the big thing is that if the game, the core gameplay itself was just more fun, like if you felt more in control and, and empowered, you know. It would definitely be a lot more fun. So, Nick, should you play this game? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I, I think 
if you do, you should cheat uh, and just for have a leisurely half hour, an hour, if you want to play through. But... I'm going to say no. Uh, watch a playthrough. Go yeah. play the first one and play the arcade version probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. The arcade might handle way better, but if it's if it's Genesis Spider House Two, you're after maybe a playthrough would be the best because you honestly can appreciate all the best parts of it without playing. Definitely, and you know the gore, the strange bosses, and that is the best part. And you know why subject yourself to the very monotonous gameplay when you can just watch someone else go through it, right? <laughs> well, next week's game will continue the Sega streak going for. And we are going back to the Sega Master System for this one with Alex Kidd in the Miracle World. That's right. We're taking it out of Sega Tober, moving into Sega Vimber. So find a copy of this game any way you can. Grab your controllers and play along, friends. And if you think that Sega Tober and Sega Vimber are awesome ideas, like I do, let us know at <laughs> cartridgecommand at gmail.com. And uh, we'll talk to you about it in the future. And do you think those are pretty lame names for our Sega-themed oh. End of the month and beginning of next. Maybe you'll let us know on Facebook at Cartridge Command or on Twitter at Car Command, where I sometimes tell you when the new show will happen. We appreciate all the subscribers to the show and those that leave us uh, reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and the many other places you find this podcast, such as uh, the Google Store, uh, Spotify, who knows? Maybe on a street corner, crumpled up in a ball. <laughs> but it is the fine folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command that make this show possible. Yeah, those guys are the supernatural mask that empowers us to fight repetitive enemies. Such as sometimes not the best games, but <laughs> we still enjoy playing them and talking about them. And thanks to your guys' support, we can do it. And we will continue to do it as long as you help us out. So thank you. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! Right here we, okay, and now it something and <laughs> a thing. Yeah, I.